Hi, this is Adam Bergman, president of the IRA Financial Trust Company. Today I want to discuss some of the recent prohibited transaction cases from 2013 till today that uh, I think are meaningful, significant, and have a lot of potential um, nuggets of information for self-directed IRA investors looking to use retirement money to make alternative asset investments. And there's several cases I want to touch on. Um, there's not a lot of prohibited transaction cases on an annual basis for, for whatever reason. I guess not a lot of these get audited. Um, but there's certainly not a lot that are significant. However, there's several that I want to touch on today. I'm going to just briefly look at them. So what I'm going to do is do a separate podcast for each of these cases. So if you want to learn more about the case, more about the facts and the application of the law, you can check out a, 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 another podcast that's specifically targeted that particular case. But today, I just, for, for, uh, in the interest of time, I just want to kind of briefly describe some of these cases. The first one I want to touch on is LSV Commissioner, 2015 case, um, got appealed. And basically, it's an interesting case. This Ellis gentleman tried to start a uh, car business uh, using his IRA funds, which he took a salary from. He pretty much tried to mirror the rollover business, a Rob solution. Uh, the problem is he didn't do a Rob's where you have a C-Corp um, that adopts a 401k and a 401k buys qualified employer securities or C-Corp stock. He used an IRA and an LLC, although he taxed the LLC as a C-Corp. He still used an IRA, and, and thus he flunked the prohibited transaction rules under 4975. Uh, number one, he took a salary. Number two, it was a, a disqualified entity. Then he took a salary from – so he pretty much flunked all of 4975, and clearly he lost the case. Uh, there's a similar case out there. Um, they pretty much had this, some similar facts um, to the Peak case, which I want to discuss now. Peak versus Commissioner, uh, 13, 2013 case, uh, well-known case. Also, like Ellis, this guy Peak and his partner wanted to buy a business using his IRA funds. It's part of the business deal. He personally guaranteed some notes. Um, and as we know from 4975, see. You can't personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA. Um, he flunked uh, forty nine seventy five um, because he, he personally guaranteed a note for this business, um, and and that was it. And a similar case was Thiessen um, versus James Thiessen versus Commissioner. Pretty much the same facts of, as Peak, where you personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA, and you blow forty nine seventy five. Um, so. You know, you got to be careful. Definitely, if you're buying and making investments with your IRA, do not personally guarantee an obligation. That's why you can't take a credit card. Uh, that's why you can't do a recourse mortgage. And if you're buying assets, don't personally guarantee it. Uh, the next case is a, a really interesting case, uh, and it's a case that talks about and I think gives uh, support for the argument of not not joint venturing with your IRA. It's called In Ray Kellerman. And I'm going to do a separate podcast about it because it's that important. It's a bankruptcy court case from 2015. So pretty recent. And this guy, Mr. Kellerman and his wife, um, they had a self-directed IRA and they had it through interest. And basically they had their own um, uh, LLC called Panther Mountain Land. Um, and it, it had some property in it. And him and his wife own 50% of Panther personally, and they wanted to acquire more property around Path Panther, so they used their IRA to partner with Panther, 
which they own personally, and they thought they could do that. And I guess the IRA custodian did as well. And they went bankrupt, unfortunately. And, and like so many of these cases, um, the audits usually have come from bankruptcy because uh, whoever is going bankrupt is trying to argue that their IRA is protected. So then the trustee in bankruptcy or the state, they usually attack the IRA and attack the transaction. In this case, they attacked it and were successful in attacking it and claiming that Kellerman's used their IRA in a way that directly or indirectly personally benefited him and, and her under 4975 C1, D, and E, and they won. And again, this is a, a great case. Um, you know, in trust isn't alone. There's a lot of custodians out there that allow people to use their IRA and partner with personal funds. Um, IRA Financial Trust Company does not. I do not allow or, or, or provide any clients with the opportunity to do so, at least that I know of. It's very risky, and I think the onus falls on the taxpayer, and the taxpayer then has to prove that there's no self-dealing and conflict of interest, and the IRS has been successful in arguing that there is. For the Rollins case in 2008, and the Kellerman case, and they argued that they couldn't prove that the use of the IRA funds in conjunction with Panther, which they own personally, didn't help Panther in their act, in their development of the related property. Um, the court stated the real purpose for these transactions was to directly benefit Panther. And if Panther benefits, the Kellermans benefit because they owned it personally. So again, if they didn't use Panther and they just used their IRA, they would have been fine. They would have been able to protect their IRAs from bankruptcy. But because they co-ventured Panther personally, with, which they own, and their IRA, they got into this problem, and they weren't able to show uh, and prove that they didn't personally benefit. So Kellerman's another great example of a case where you do not want to – that shows how the IRS feels when you co-venture with your personal and retirement funds in one Transaction. Not to say it can never be done. Uh, obviously, you can buy Apple stock, but if it's closely held um, and you can't ha- and you don't have a good argument for why you're doing it, and you and if the IRS knocks on your door, you're not confident that you can tell them that the co-venture did not personally benefit you directly or indirectly. Don't do it. And Kellerman's a good example. And I'll do a separate podcast about Kellerman and really go through the facts so you can see kind of how the case played out. Uh, the last case I want to describe uh, right now uh, in this podcast is called Inray Cherwenka, 2014, another bankruptcy court in Georgia. This is a great case because this is the only case I've, I'm aware of um, that actually gives some, some guidance uh, and kind of a checklist for a real estate IRA investor in terms of what he or she can do or can't do in terms of services performed. So it's a really important case, and I will do a podcast, a separate podcast about this Cherwenka case. In this case, Michael Cherwenka uses IRA to basically flip homes. He used Pensco as his custodian, and he went bankrupt and tried to protect his IRA, and the state tried to uh, go after it. So basically they argued because he, he they thought he did services relating to the IRA investment and thus did a prohibited transaction under 4975. But the, the court wasn't convinced, and they basically said that all Troenka did, uh, he didn't do any of the uh, improvements himself. He hired a contractor. Uh, all he did was uh, he read and approved for expense payment forms. Um, he picked a contractor. He obviously um, wasn't compensated for anything. 
Uh, he just did general overall investment-related uh, decisions, and the court agreed that he didn't provide any services. And there's some great language in this case, um, and, and it, it stated that Trewenka didn't actually perform a transaction. And the court said there's no evidence that Trewenka engaged in any transaction. A transaction includes an exchange of goods and services, and the evidentiary receipt does not – a record, excuse me, does not include that Trewenka received anything in exchange for his alleged services. So – it's a really good case. Um, I'm going to re- kind of paraphrase some more from the case, uh, the language in the court. It says no documentary evidence uh, stated that uh, Truenko personally benefited from this case. Um, he wasn't compensated uh, for any real property re- research he performed, uh, nor was he compensated for any recommendations, managing or consulting services. Um he explained his role, and the court agreed it was just buying and selling these properties. They're limited to identifying the asset for, uh, for purchase and later selling the asset. He engaged contractors, didn't get paid. Uh, he just read and approved the expense forms and reimbursement forms. Contractors were paid uh, by the IRA. Uh, there was no management fees or, uh, that he was paid or, or, or received. Um, he would just inspect that the work was performed. Uh, but he didn't do any active services. He just did anything that you know a regular investor would do, uh, whether you're buying stocks or real estate. And it's a great case. And again, I'll, I'll spend some more time going through it in detail. But it's a great case because it really shows that if all you're doing is just your basic uh, tasks, what any investor would do, you know, choosing the property, reviewing uh, expenses, picking a contractor, you know, deciding you know what things should it should be done and paid for, that's okay. Uh, I think the case uh, will show that you, you don't want to do any active services, literally no improvements, uh, laborers, activities. But anything, just like you can decide if your IRA is going to buy Apple or Google, and you can go online and research and read uh, quarterly reports and listen to um, you know, stock uh, analysts talk about the stock, same thing could be done for real estate. You can Talk to a contractor and see what he or she wants to do with the property, agree or disagree to it, pick the property, make sure it's, it's going the way you want to. Uh, but obviously, you, you shouldn't be doing anything more active. One last thing about Trewenka, he actually did partner with himself in this, in this transaction. Uh, the problem is the state wasn't able to prove it. And the court says if they were able to prove it, you know, maybe the, they would have come out on this differently. So just like Kellerman, um, I think if, if the state did its job and proved that Trewenka owned this property, uh, and at least factually was able to prove through an operating agreement or some other document that Trewenka owned this property with himself and his IRA, he may have lost his case and he may have not been able to protect his IRA. So – they weren't able to prove it, so the court wasn't able to rule on that. But, um, and again, another supporting fact, with like Kellerman, don't join venture with your IRA. Uh, it's too risky. Um, so uh, that's what I would uh, say. One last case, uh, actually, I want to talk about is this Guy Dabney versus Commissioner. It's a 2014 case. And, again, all this is found on our website. There's a, there's a new web page that uh, you can Google, you know, private transaction cases, 230. 2013 and beyond, you'll find our page or go on our website, and it, it, there's tons of information on each case. 
But this Dabney case, um, basically this guy Dabney, he had an IRA with Schwab, and Schwab didn't let him do a self-directed IRA, of course, because they don't. He didn't care. He didn't listen. He just figured him and the CPA could figure it out on his own. So he just told Schwab, uh, Schwab send me the money, and he bought real estate with it and treated it as a rollover. Well, guess what? The Schwab didn't. They treated it as a taxable distribution. They filed a 1099-R, and uh, the IRS audited him, said, where's the money? He didn't pay tax. He tried to argue it a self-directed IRA. The IRS said, oh, no, you don't. And they basically said, listen, not every IRA custodian is required to offer self-directed investments. Um, that's why there's special self-directed IRA custodians like IRA Financial Trust. And um, what he did was a, uh, uh, not a private transaction, but he took a taxable distribution, failed a 60-day rollover, and Dabney uh, unfortunately had to pay tax and penalty on this. So it's a good case for why you need a self-directed IRA custodian and why you just can't go out and create your own self-directed IRA on your own. Um, again, uh, all this is going to be uh, available on the website. There's going to be separate podcasts for all these cases I just, just mentioned and summarized. So look out for them. Uh, they'll be coming shortly. Uh, but again, the, the cases, Trewenka, it's really the, the first case that talks about what services can be performed without triggering a primitive transaction. Very important case. And also Kellerman for the, the, the proposition that do not partner with your IRA in a deal. Too risky, you could trigger a primitive transaction. Uh, Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Hope you found this podcast uh, helpful. Hope it wasn't too long. Uh, I tried to get through these cases as quick as possible, but there's just a lot of meat, and especially in Trewenka and Kellerman. Um, uh, you, know, you really want to look at them closely. Uh, 305, you can call me, obviously, directly, 800-472-0646, 800-472-1043. Email me, adamb at irafinancialgroup.com. Uh, promise to get back to you. Uh, thanks for listening and until next time.